0: Uh, Job chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Listen to this. When three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildaz, the Shuhite, Zophar, the Nemanite. And when they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him wailing loudly, shout wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Shall show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. Can you say too great for words? God would you just meet us in this place and those who are watching my video and I'm asking you to take broken flesh and just work a miracle that will glorify you and just bless your people strengthen us and give us insight as we work our way through the brokenness of life in Jesus name we pray shout amen amen Amen. please be seated Her name is Ed and I met her about 15 years ago and when I met her back in Boston the church that I passed at Roxbury Presbyterian Church she came on staff to help lead a program for our social impacts and actually I had known her several years earlier the description used to describe Job in chapter 1 would been an accurate description for And To this day would be a wonderful description for Edwina for she is a woman of integrity she fears God and she shuns evil early in her life she got married uh, to a Christian man a follower of Jesus and together they had eight children Can you say eight? Eight six girls and two boys after about a decade of marriage the first tragedy she would experience is that her husband would die an unexpected death leaving her a widow with an uncertain uh, finance stream and a single mom of eight children Edwina would lean into her faith and with a great uh, Just tenacity to serve God she raised her kids in the church. She became a powerful prayer Warrior she was somebody that if you were going through something you wanted Edwina to pray you through So I was excited when she joined the staff and got connected with our church And then one evening, I got a phone call, and the story that came was that one of her younger daughter, in a season of kind of rebellion, had moved in, moved out of the house, moved in with a boyfriend, happened to be three doors down from our church. Evidently, they got into some kind of scuffle, and the young man murdered Edwina's daughter. And if that wasn't bad enough, he moved the body to the local park and set it ablaze. Can somebody say evil? He say suffering. 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 And Weena's story is a reminder that as we read the book of Job, it is not some faraway tale. It is, in fact, a reflection of the life that you and I live every day. This broken world where evil is loose and any day any of us can wake up, regardless of our faith, how strong we are, with a real encounter with evil suddenly thrown into the grips of suffering. We find ourselves there. How does faith make Coach, listen, guys, we either have already been there or we're there right now, or we're gonna end up in some grip of suffering. How does faith make a difference? As we contemplate the question, how does faith make a difference? Let's do it in the context of, of from the perspective, sometimes when suffering comes our way we find ourselves sitting in the seat of Job's friends. And sometimes when suffering comes our way, we find ourselves actually sitting in Job's seat. Edwina was in Job's seat. But what if you're sitting in the seat of Job's friend? What if, in fact, somebody that you love, some dear friend, some dear family member wakes up and find themselves in the midst of great pain. What should your response be? Now, Job's friends are insightful in this, in this context. I know and that many of us who are, you know, engaged with the biblical story on a regular basis, we give Job's friends a, a hard time. We talk about how, and if you read the first 14 chapters, you do know that they, uh, They said all the wrong things at all the wrong time. You get that. But as we read these first few verses from 11 to 13, they remind us really often of ourselves because at the end of the day, if you've had any experience trying to comfort a friend or a loved one who's in deep pain, you know that some of the stuff you get right and some of the stuff you get wrong. They got some stuff right. And so I want to just talk, I just wanna just kinda work us through quickly. Here's some of the things that the friends got right because I want you to know as a follower of Jesus what to do the next time someone you love is going through great pain. So the first thing they got right was they showed up. Everybody shout, show up. up. Verse 11 says that they met together when they heard how tragedy had overtaken their friend. They met together and they decided that they were gonna go and, and be with him. And so, you know, think now, Job is a, is a very wealthy guy, right? He's got so-called friends everywhere and everybody knows him, but only these three, actually four, at the end, by the time you get to the end of the reading, uh, uh, the, only these guys show up. So when your friend a loved one is going through deep pain, don't just send them a text. Don't just, don't just send them an email. If you can, show up. Come everybody shout, "Show show up. Show up, they showed up. Second thing in verse 12 you recognize is once they showed up, they made it their business to share in his grief. Look at verse 12, look what it says. It says that ultimately, when they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Now listen, listen, these are guys, macho guys. But listen, they see Job in a ritual of mourning, and they join in. The text says, wailing loudly. That's crying. They tore their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their what? Grief. Grief. That's the key. If somebody that your love is going through and you show up, you want, to, you want to actually show that you are feeling with them. So notice guys, they are wailing, they are crying. So it tells us guys, it's all right if one of our brothers or somebody that we love is crying, it's all right for us to cry with them. And everybody, check this out. Here's one thing you shouldn't ever do. Please don't tell the person who you're going to care for who's crying. Please don't say to them, don't cry. Come on, tell the person, don't say that, don't say that. These guys didn't try to stop Job. They joined him in his crying. Even the text tells us that Jesus wept. We are shaped to cry. The older people who used to raise me back in the church when somebody was going through a grief moment, uh, they would say it like that. They'd say, get it out, baby, get it out, baby. There's something about the shedding of tears that helps us to cope. So, you cry. If you can't cry, put words to your, to your, your feelings. Say, look, I'm just so brokenhearted. I, I'm just so, I feel so horrible about it what's going on. I'm so sorry that this happened. And then certainly be willing to pray for them. But if you ask them, can I pray with you? And if they say no, don't be shocked because some people who are going through deep pain, they are mad at everybody, including God. And so they say, "No, I don't want you to pray with me. Don't worry about it. Don't don't stress them out to say that's all right. And when you get a chance to get in a corner, pray for them. So let's make sure we show up, don't just send a text, don't just send an email, show up. Let's make sure we show them that we're sharing with them in their grief. Then number three, let's learn to sit with them quietly. Can you say quietly? Tell your friend, sometimes you just need to sit and be quiet, tell them. Look at the text. It says, the text says that, that uh, uh, in verse 13, it says, Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word to Job. First of all, shout seven days. Now, listen, these are probably businessmen. They certainly had homes. They certainly had families. And and, and what they teach us is that sometimes when your friends or loved ones are going through great pain, that, that, that sometimes the way to show them love is that you slow your life down. Open up space. Come on now. Put some stuff on hold in your life and prioritize their pain. seven days, they put their life on hold to sit with him quietly. No words. When I got to Edwin's house that evening, it was already packed. It's one of the benefits of being part of a church family, being part of a small group that when, you, when you're going through a Tragedy or some trouble, you, you, all you need to do is just let one know. The word comes, and, and if it's a healthy church family, you, you, you turn around and you see that your house is full. Because people are going to show up, shout, Show up! So that's one of the benefits. And when I got there, I told them to tell Edwina that I was there and that she did not, because they told me that she was in the back room so stricken with grief as you and I can imagine, she was in the bed. And I told him to tell her, don't get up. She doesn't need to receive me. I just wanted her to know that I was in the living room, sitting. We call that the ministry of presence. Sometimes people, they don't need you to explain anything to them. They just need to know you're there. Just sit somewhere and be quiet. And your nonverbal presence will communicate more than your words can ever say. And then shout, be quiet. Notice the verse ends, verse 13, explains the quietness. It says, it says ultimately, it says that they 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 they, they saw that his suffering was too great. For words meaning that in that moment they realized that no human words could capture could explain could console could comfort what he was going through so it reminds us that even when we start talking y'all try not to answer questions that you do not have answers for I got ready to get up and leave after about an hour, and I told the lady that I was exiting, and the lady said, "No, no, 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 go." Edwina just called; she, just, she wants you to come back and see her. So I went back to see her. I walked in the room, she was in the bed. And she reached up, tears flowing, my tears flowing. I gave her a hug, and she said, "I don't understand this." She said, I, I, I this didn't make any sense. She said, how how do I make sense out of it? I said, you can't. She said, what's the explanation? How how do you explain it? I said, I don't know. She said, she said, I was I'm praying divine protection over my kids every day, over each one of them, and 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 you know, just as instructed in the in the word and and, 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 and this happened, with, what, how did God let this happen? And I said, I don't know. You see, sometimes evil and pain is so insane that there are no explanations. So don't make up one. Let's practice this together. You know, sometimes we need a little practice. So let's—we're going to practice together. If you're watching my video, you can just say this with me too. All right, we're going to try. I'm, we're going to say, "I don't know." Everybody, go! On. One, two, three, go. I don't know. There go! There you go. Let's try something else. I have no answers. Okay, one, two, three, go! But I'm here. Oops, I... Not sure what she was saying to me. You're the preacher. You're the theologian. You, you, you break the word. Surely you've got some answers for this incredible stuff that happened. And I was saying to her, I don't have an answer. This is insane. This, this I agree with you, Edwina. This does not make any sense. She said, what do you have to say? In her own words, she was saying, well, what, 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 what can you say? And I, 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 I said, the only thing I can say, Edwina, is that God knows how it feels to have a child murdered. I said, because you know Jesus was on the cross innocently. And I said, and the second thing that I can simply say is that part of the reason Jesus was on that cross is so that when you and I have a day like this day, we will be reminded that he loves us so much that he's with us in our worst pain. And he's here. Look at all these people in your house. They are conveyors of, your, of his love. And that's why I'm here too, to let you know I love you. Lastly, initiate help. Everybody shout initiate. Notice in the text, it does not say that Job sent word for his friends to come. They heard and they initiated, they, they decided to go. Uh, uh, notice when they saw him, it does not say that Job asked them to join him in his grieving ritual. They, they, they saw what was going on and, 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 and they initiated getting involved in the grieving ritual. Ritual. Notice it does not say that Job asked them, would you please sit with me for seven days? I don't think they knew how many days they were going to sit. He just sat in silence and they initiated. Come on, they say, we're going to sit with him too. In other words, don't don't wait for somebody to ask you to help them. One of the things we say to people who are going through, we say, well, if you need me, call me. Really? I need you. <laughs> Another thing that we say to people who are, who are, who are going through, essentially, uh, 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 if, if you want, you know, when you, uh, we say, we don't say it like this, but we basically what we say it is, when you figure out what you need, let me know. I can't figure out what I need. My world has come apart. Come on now. Don't put that on me. Come on now. Why don't you show up in my world, look around and see what needs to be done and just start helping me. Come on now. Then I looked around at Wiener's house. There were people, they weren't asking Dwayne what to do. There was some folk who was taking in the washing dishes. Somebody else was picking up the, as the food was coming and they were organizing. Some other folk were cleaning the house and making space for folk. Come on, and, 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 and if, you're, if, you're, if you're not quite sure, come on now. Give the person some choices because they can choose A or B. Ask them, do you want me to bring some food at 12 noon or five o'clock tonight? They can pick, you see what I'm saying? Do you want me to pick up the kids or pick up your cleaner? They can pick. You want Want me to come sit with you? Or do you need me to run some errands? They can pick. Initiated. <laughs> Those five things, Job's friends got exactly right. They instruct us. They only messed up when they opened their mouth. They had it all going for them. Then they just started, they started talking. They said, I'm going to give some explanation that they didn't have explanation. Listen, they did not have all the facts. That's what the right of Job wants you to understand. Because in chapter one, we know that there's a conversation. We know that there's Satan and there's God and there's all this stuff going on. They don't know any of that. Come on now. So they only had just a little bit of the facts. And they were trying to give Job theological conclusions without having all the facts. Stop trying to fill in the blanks when you don't know what goes in the blank. You don't have to be a theologian to love. Come on, just show up, share, sit, initiate, and bless. All right, that's if you're in the friend's seat. What if you're sitting in Job's seat? What if you're the one going through great pain? What if you're the one who just lost a grandmother? What if you're the one whose marriage has come apart and divorced? What if you're the one whose, 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 whose sibling ended up in a car accident and is paralyzed? What if you're the one whose business has just collapsed and you're sitting right where Job is sitting? What if you're the one? What are you what's your response? Well, quickly. Here's what Job models for us. We actually don't hear this first point, but I'm suggested you said if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, ask for prayer. Everybody who went in to see it when she would just say, Pray for me. Even if you don't know not sure you look, even if you're so hurt and so bad that you, you're just either angry with God, not sure God exists, whatever, don't worry about it. Just in case, shout, just in case, ask for prayer, ask for prayer. You can never go wrong asking for prayer. Secondly, receive love. Thirdly, accept help. You see, when you are hurting, it's never a time for you to be independent. That is not the time for you to be self-sufficient. That is not the time for you to be strong. Because at the end of the day, you're not strong. You're weak. You're just weak pretending to be strong. Tell the other person next to you, it's all right to be weak. Sorry. Tell them when you're hurting, it's all right to be weak. Tell them. Sorry. Because you allow others to come around you and pick up the slack. And lastly, share your feelings. Shout feelings. Now here's the thing you got to remember about feelings. There's no judgment attached to feelings. Neither right or wrong they're your feelings this this is one thing those of you who are married about thinking about getting married this is a good lesson to learn it took me 12 years to learn this one basic lesson simply this, that when your wife or your spouse or somebody articulate their feelings, you, it's not up to you to agree with their feelings, disagree with their feelings. It's their feelings, right? It's their reality. It took me about 11, 12 years to learn that when Ronda says, this is how I feel, that my response is supposed to be, oh, baby, so I'm hearing you say, you, you, you feel X, Y, and Z." Yes, oh, I'm so sorry. That's, it took me 11 years to learn that. And so now, you know, know, I feel, okay, 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 I'm going to affirm your feelings. Although they may not match reality, but I'm going to affirm your feelings. No. (laughs) Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Do not say that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I've been married 31 years. You know, I didn't say that. Come on now. That's what Job is doing. Let's walk to the text together and see how he does it, and see if any of you have gone through or have gone through. You'll begin to recognize what he says. When Job finally starts to talk, he starts cussing y'all, and he cussed the day that he was born. Chapter three, verse three, he says, uh, 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 "Erase the day that I was born, and the day that I was conceived." Uh, and then, uh, in verse eleven. He says, how come I couldn't have been born dead? Well, why didn't I die when I come out of the, well, out, out the womb? In other words, if, if, my, if my story had never started, this terrible, tragic chapter would never have been written. I, 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 I'm sure it could have related to some of this. And then in verse 25, and I know she related to this. In verse 25, he essentially says this. He says, what I always feared has happened to me what I dreaded has come true and certainly for a parent, one of the great fears we, we carry with us is that something may happen to a kid that we're not able to protect them. And, 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 and surely Edwina uh, echoed this in her soul, what I dreaded most has happened. Some of you understand this in chapter six, Job uh, at verse 11, he, he, he reminds us that sometimes pain Causes us to feel like it's all over. Look, and here's what he said: <clears throat> he says, but I don't have the strength to endure. So I bet you somebody in here has just said this already. I have nothing to live for. My 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 the divorce has come. I have nothing to live for. The job has collapsed. I, I feel like I have nothing to live for. Verse 13, it says, uh, 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 no, I'm utterly helpless. There is no chance for success. I'll never be married. I, 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 I'll, never, I'll never have a good day ever again because that's how you feel when you're in the middle of a storm. Tell somebody, hold on. Hold on. But keep sharing your feelings. Keep sharing your feelings. And then in chapter 7, verse 7, he, 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 he puts it this way, I, I like the way he put it in in verse 7. He says, God, remember that my life is but a breath. You know, some of us said this before. And I'll never feel happiness again. Come on. Shout. Share your feelings. But come tell them, but hold on see your feelings your feelings your feelings reflects your reality but there's a reality beyond come on now and that and that god is able to change but but in order to work it through you've got to shake your feelings then chapter 10 look at what he writes he starts off complaining he says look i am disgusted with my life I, I i i'm just full of bitter complaint then he moves from complaining to verse 13 to accusing god and verse 13 he says look Look, he says, he said, look, God, you set me up. You, 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 you made me feel like you loved me. You made me feel like you had me under your shadow, the shadow of your wings. And then yet your real motive, your true intent was to watch me. And if I sin, you would not forgive my guilt. Now he's accusing God of, of dogging him out. And, and the fact is that some of us feel that we say, but we don't want nobody to know it. But Job said, look, I'm just going to be honest. Then 13, chapter 13, 15, my favorite, as he, as he talks about his feelings, uh, the NIV says, though you slay me, yet will I hope in you. The, the NLT puts it this way, God, God might kill me, but I have no other hope by implication but God. So I'm going to argue my case with him anyhow. Come on, come on, say this to me. Say, God might kill me. But I'm gonna let him know what I think anyway. All right. now, 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 now the fact is God didn't kill him, did he? No, the fact is that that at the end of the day, God would end up blessing him. Well, well, the question is, well, well, how how does God end up blessing somebody talking like this, doubting and 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 angry and, and all of that? Well, because Job reminds us that when you're going through, it's all right to listen, it's all right to fuss and to be angry and to wrestle with God as long as you stay engaged with God Amen. Amen. Now here's how I talk about it shout this faith it now wait a minute faith it uh-huh. ask you a person did he say fake it I'm sure he said, "Fake it, right?" He should, because that's what church people do oftentimes, right? That's what we think we're supposed to do, right? We come in and we're feeling lousy, and we're feeling broken, we're feeling full of doubt, and somebody say, "How are you doing?" And we give them the church ang- and the church answer, "I'm blessed." Well, but, but do you feel blessed? Come on now, do you feel blessed? Do you feel blessed? Come on, come on. When we're in our small groups, we say the right stuff, but in our heart, come on now, there's there's resentment and bitterness, and and, and, and rather than leaning into God, come on, staying engaged we disconnect alright let me just put it, let me drop it this way I, I was recently with a friend of mine he was he was on a he was on, a, he was on, a, on an intubator the tube was in and the oxygen was gone and when he when he awoke just because of the uncomfortableness of the intubator in his throat He started pulling at it. He wanted to disconnect. But the nurses came and tied his hands down because they knew that if he disconnected, He would stop breathing, y'all ain't listening to me. And, and when pain comes into your life, the church and your faith is your intubator, come on. And, and, and if you're not careful, the first thing you will react to is you'll try to disconnect, you'll stop coming to church, you'll stop reading the text, come on, you'll stop praying, you'll stop struggling with God. You wanna disconnect, but that's, that's sure death. Shout, stay connected. I see Jesus on the cross when he cries out the text says that the darkness has surrounded him and, 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 and let me just tell you every now and then we all going to wake up in darkness and we won't be able to see the stars but just because you don't see the stars doesn't mean the stars are not there and, 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 and I can hear Jesus modeling this for us on the, on the cross when he says, when he says uh, Eli, Eli Lama Sabatane, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou abandoned me? And he's modeling for us how to faith it. Come on now. Notice he said, my God. In other words, he didn't say God. He didn't say deity. He says, my God. That when you feel like you don't understand what's going on, still claim the fact that he's your God. I'm going to stay connected. I remember Edwina coming into church and she would sit down when we got ready to stand up for praise. She couldn't stand up. That's why I tell my people, don't be, don't be fussing at people if everybody doesn't stand up because sometimes the best you can do is just get in here. Come on. And, and she would sit back on the back seat, and, and she wouldn't stand up, and everybody else would be worshiping, but, but she would wave her hand. That was her way of saying, I can't feel what y'all feeling, but he's still my God. Come on now. My heart's in pain, but he's still my God. I, I don't understand what happened to my girl, but he's still my God. And then one day Edwina came to me he said pastor this is what happened oh and before I tell you that let me tell you when Jesus says shout my God why has thou abandoned me number one uh, he may he he affirms his relationship he stays connected number two he's quoting scripture this is Psalms 22, if you go back and read Psalms 22, you'll find that passage and this is why you and I need to learn to memorize scripture. We have a daughter trying to teach her how to memorize scripture in the good days because there's gonna come some bad days and when the bad days come, that's when you wanna to cling to the truth that comes only in God's word. When the bad days come, come on now, you wanna be able to say, weeping may endure for the night, But if I can hold on, joy comes in the morning. In the bad days, you want to be able to say, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. In the bad days, you want to be able to say, oh, I know that all things work together for the good for those who love God. You don't feel it, but you're holding it. Come on now. In the good, bad days, you want to be able to say, God is making all things new. Tell somebody learn some scripture, internalize, and then lastly he's praying y'all he's praying he's praying if he was he, he, that, that's, that's 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 stay engaged, keep coming to church, don't stop, keep whispering prayers, keep singing, keep reading scripture stay in gauge and A window came to me one day and she said. She said, Pastor, she said, for months, I've wrestled with this image of my daughter's body being set ablaze. And she said, I was concerned whether she'd been violated. The test showed me she hadn't. And, but this image, she said, but as I wrestled with God, he gave me a revelation. So said, that's what happened when you wrestle with God give you just enough to comfort he said and the revelation was she said I remember that scripture says when we die absent from this body is present with the Lord she said she said I remember that scripture said Paul says that for now we we live in a tent but when this earthly tent be folded down, we have a building eternal in the heavens, not made by hand. And she said, then I got it. She said, she said what, what, what God showed me is the moment she died, she exited the body, come on now. And so when that body was put on, on or was burned up, that's just the building where she used to live. She was already in God's hands, in God's presence. Oh Lord, have mercy. So let me finish. So, 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 shout, faith it. Faith Here's what I'm trying to say faith it till you make it. If you faith it, you will make it. Come on, say, faith it faith till I make it. Come on now. The psalmist tells us, he says, listen, learn how to talk. Let your feelings talk, let you listen to your feelings. He says, he says, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for thee, O God. Uh, 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 he says, my tears have been my bread both day and night. I'm on now, I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm recording what somebody's thinking here. He said, my tears have been my bread both day and night as people taught me, where is your God? And then he said, these are the thoughts that I think as I pour out my soul to God. In other words, just go ahead and let your feelings talk, but don't let them have have the last word. Come on now, because at some point, you gotta start talking back to your feelings with faith. Shout with faith. He says, oh so why are you so discouraged? Why are you so downtrodden? He says, put your hope in God. Come on now, faith it till you make it. Guys, talk to yourself. One guy says, we spend too much time listening to ourselves rather than talking to ourselves. Talk to yourself with the Word of God. Face it until you make it. You will make it. Adwina uh, called me the other day. This happened 15 years ago. For the last 10 years, she's been married, remarried. She says her husband treats her like a, a queen. They live in Atlanta. Did, did I say faith it until you make it? They live in Atlanta now and, and, and in a beautiful home. And she went back to school and got an undergraduate degree. She then went back to school and got a master's degree. And then she went back to school. Now, in her 60s, she's working on her PhD. And, Oh, I, I got to get out of here. But 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 I I I think of Edwina because she knows the Word of God. If she was here, she would quote the psalmist who says, "I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. I, 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 my soul will make her boast in the Lord. Let the humble—that word really translates afflicted—the suffering. Let the afflicted hear." And be glad if she was here, she would say just follow my example face it until you make it here and be glad Oh Magnify the Lord with me and let us come on now Let us we let us let us let us let us us exalt his name together And then this text ends up he says here's what Edwina would say I sought the Lord (laughs) Have you sought the Lord? (laughs) And he heard me and delivered me. That's Edwina's testimony from all. In other words, I faith it till I made it. Come on, y'all. I just stopped by to tell you, hook up with Jesus. He'll make sure you make it. Shout hallelujah. Shout glory.